Hello everybody and welcome to episode 114 of Operation Retroshock. And with your weather report is me, Alan Price. It is back to wonderful sunny weather here in Northern Ireland, over 20 degrees Celsius once again. It is lovely. And joining me on this fabulous sunny day is... Yeah, it's Chris Finn with your six years ago time hop. Episode 11 of ORS Reviews is out now. E3 2012 special. I know what else we did eight years ago, Alan. What? We both got iPhone 4s. Wow. That's how, that's how long ago that was. Yep. And that wasn't a, an extremely cheesy opening, if ever there was one. No, it wasn't. I think we should do that going forward. <laughs> now is that a weather report and then a time hop report. So, <laughs> Or whether we leave that to the end of the show rather than the start of the show, I don't know. But yes, welcome to episode 114, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it is a Retroshock News episode today, so between the last show and this... Some interesting things have popped up in the world of pop culture, movies, TV, games, etc., etc., that uh, we just felt it was worth discussing and that you might like to hear us discuss it and ramble and rant if needs be, um, of which there is one I think might be rant-worthy on this, but we'll see <laughs> when we get there. Gee, I wonder which one that is. <laughs> I wonder if it contains Star Wars. <laughs> mm. uh, but we'll get stuck straight into this, folks. We won't dilly-dally today. Uh, and our first news topic uh, on the agenda is the fact that, and this is pretty much hot off the presses this weekend, is that the 2019 sequel of uh, Spider-Man Homecoming has finally got its title. And in typical Tom Holland fashion... It's called Spider-Man Homecoming. I don't feel so good. (laughs) But in typical Tom Holland fashion, he has kind of put the title out there, but in the way everybody has come to expect with Tom Holland, made it look like he's accidentally leaked it. Very much like with the poster of Infinity War. What's this? I think it was... I think it's called Ace Comic Con or something like yeah. that. And mm-hmm. he was backstage and he was like, oh, there's, you know, I'm sorry, there's no big news, guys, you know, about Spider-Man. And he says, I don't know what, and spoilers for Avengers if you haven't seen it. He says, uh, you know, I don't know what the story is with it because I'm kind of dead <laughs> and all that. Um, but then he held up, he says, I've got the script and he held up his iPad and it was an image which had the title on it. Uh, so it did. But I'm going to read a quick wee excerpt here from The Hollywood Reporter. So 2019 sequel also stars Jake Gyllenhaal as the villain Mysterio. Oh, so he is in it? Because I heard reports that he was meant, he was maybe going to be in it. So, And apparently Vulture's back as well. So that could be oh, quite a cool good. combo. So it'd be. So the next Spider-Man movie is keeping on brand with its home theme. Tom Holland revealed on Instagram Saturday that Spider-Man Far From Home is the title of the upcoming sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming. Holland also continued the fun he's been having on social media, noting that following the events of Avengers Infinity War, the idea of a Spider-Man sequel seems rather impossible. If you've seen it, you know why. Uh, The Far From Home title reflects that this will be the first Spider-Man solo movie to take the wall crawler out of New York and put him in other parts of the world, such as London. Sony and Marvel Studios' Spider-Man Far From Home opens July 5th, 2019, and will be the first uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie following Avengers 4. Oh, right, okay. Uh, yeah, because that'll be out two odd months after. Hopefully we don't get a month delay like we do with Ant-Man and Wasp. But uh, but this is the peculiar thing about this movie, is the fact that, um, you know, like the trailers for this, mm-hmm. and all are more than likely going to be out before, the tra- you know, before yeah. Avengers 4 comes out. So you're going to know, you know he's coming back anyway, because yeah. they're not going to just drop the new boy like that, considering how well received he has been as Spider-Man. But it's going to be quite odd that you're going to have the trailers for this new Spider-Man showing him zipping about and doing all this stuff. Not necessarily, because they could be quite clever and do this to do a Spider-Man homecoming, you know, and then but do it with the Vulture and with him playing Mysterio, did you say? Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. So what if they have, instead of having a hero trailer, you have a villain trailer, and once Avengers have come out, then you do Spider-Man? I would love to see Marvel talk Sony in to just holding off and holding off and saying, here, you can have the title billing, you know, whenever you want after, mm-hmm. you know, Avengers 4's hit the cinema. Like, we'll plaster your marketing anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. If you can just hold this off just to give us this moment for Avengers 4. But I do like the fact that we're kind of continuing on with this kind of this home theme. Yeah. In, in the title, uh, it was quite funny, uh, the boy you have, that you got that from, mm-hmm. uh, Boss Logic on Instagram, did up like a mock poster for it, which okay. is kind of a big thing he likes to do. 
uh, only he changed it, and it was a picture of uh, space mm-hmm. with Titan, like out in the you know the Avengers uh, three trailer, yeah. and it was just Spider Man not coming home. <laughs> it was just like, and people weren't taking the joke at all. Um, but I didn't know that until I read the article that he's not going to be in like New York and stuff. Yeah, especially with him being in London, so. Whether there's going to be a cameo from Doctor Strange or something like that, perhaps? Well, there's a possibility of that. But, um, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. It's obviously very early days. I think it's just... I think the reason why I wanted to bring it up more than it was just the kind of cool and fun way Mm -hmm. that the news kind of got put out there. I think that's one thing that he has been known for is that because... Obviously, he's been told you can't talk about X, Y, and Z. Or whenever he's been doing interviews with Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, like he'll go to say something and be like, mm. <laughs> and he'll be like, he'll interrupt him to say, "Oh no, we can't say that." Or no, uh, uh, you know, you know, that's the funny thing is the way he does it. They've obviously utilized that and said, right, well, you know that you spoil things, make it look like you've spoiled it, and that's what he does. So, you know, whenever we first saw the case was like it looked like he had spoiled it you know whenever he opened it and then you saw like everything come out of the case and we're like whoa or the poster and then you'd like he turned it around and said do not show this um this is confidential and then he like turned it around and went i don't know what this means um but i I like the fact that he's embodied the character Uh, i'm interested to see how he jake gyllenhaal plays uh, Mysterio, because from what I remember, Mysterio is the one that almost looks like he's got a, a crystal ball in his head. Yeah, and you don't really see his face. Uh, it's so. kind of it's kind of like a I'm not gonna say a crystal dome, um, <laughs> but yeah, like a kind of glass dome and kind of like there's mist and stuff yeah. like that inside. Mm-hmm. It, if I remember right from the cartoon, anyway. So well, unless we see him and then like with Michael Keaton, he gets transformed into this kind of thing. You know, like we had with. Uh, Willem Dafoe and eventually Harry, you know, whenever he turned into the Green Goblin, so, but we'll just have to win. But I wonder is this, are they going to go back towards the Sinister Six route again with, are we going to just, are we going to properly build this now, considering you have mm-hmm. an actor that's going to be able to play this character? Yeah. For so many years now, unlikely that I could see a reboot of a Spider-Man franchise for many, many years now. Because of Marvel's involvement, yeah. Unless things go remarkably sour at some point between Marvel and Sony, just movie at a time, add a new guy, and he kind of just adds to the ensemble as you go, mm-hmm. and then you get uh, the Sinister Six at the end, and that could always lead into a future Avengers movie as well that he could maybe ask for some help and all. True, with especially with the whole Fox and Disney thing finally done because Comcast were like. We here have like sixty, you know, fifty-seven million, and Disney are like, ha, ah, sixty-two million. There you go. And I'm like, well, okay. Comcast is rumored to be thinking about launching another comeback, so oh. they are. So it might not be over just yet. Excuse me. I wish it was, so that the phone call could just be made to Kevin Feige and just say, "Yeah, Fantastic Four, X Men, yada yada yada. Yep, off you go, and boom. Yeah, you know, Avengers versus X Men. There you go. Oh, you just know that would be the the go to. Like, yeah, that'd be the money so you would, right there. Okie dokie. So, next up then, we're going to head into the realm of Star Wars. And we're going to start this off nicely, Chris. Okay. Before we get into the the second part of the Star Wars news. This again, once again, comes from The Hollywood Reporter. uh, And that is the fact... That Han Solo's blast Han Solo's Han Solo's <laughs> well, it's a sunny day after Han Solo being uh, Han Solo's blaster from Return of the Jedi has sold for five hundred and fifty thousand dollars at a Las Vegas auction. Julian's auction says Ripley's, believe it or not, bought the item on Saturday. The sci-fi weapon was the top-selling item at the Hollywood Legends auction. The blaster was part of a collection from the U.S. art director of film James L. Shope. Uh, an Imperial Scout Trooper Blaster from the movie sold for $90,625. Julian says other items at the auction included a full Superman 3 costume worn by actor Christopher Reeve. It sold for $200,000, uh, well over the original estimate. So that just shows Did you. Did Nicolas Cage buy the Superman outfit? No mention. Oh. No mention. <laughs> Secret bit of. Uh, but that's crazy. Yeah, that's, that is ridiculously crazy. That's what, half a million on a, a replica gun. $550,000 uh, for Han Solo's gun. Well, I mean, 
I'm sure maybe they're hard to come across because I know I've seen like people who've had like replica things from from Star Wars from like um, there was a guy on that uh, the Mark Hamill show that he did um, that he was talking to somebody about you know like the the replicas and he had the replica of his lightsaber from Return of the Jedi but there's so many things baffled around and you don't especially with this you'll know that this will be from this you know if they say that's from return of the jedi you know you get somebody up put it side by side and go yeah it is because you can see here that that has a different knob on the trigger whereas in empire strikes back it was like a two-piece knob and you're like well how do you know all this <laughs> you know that's one thing that scares me but yeah i mean i'm waiting for it to be posted to me you know next day delivery from 550 <laughs> I, I hope you have some insurance on that postage i would probably be dearer than my blimmin house so it would be a lot of people's houses combined but if you have the money then but that's it's it's just crazy to think that it's the black it's the blaster like yes very iconic part of it but you're like right if that's the blaster could you imagine what a, if a legit lightsaber went up for auction at the moment that it would probably clips even this or especially that had the blaster and the hand solo outfit mm. you know that would go because especially if christopher reeves went for what was it two hundred thousand or twenty thousand was it sorry oh it was two hundred thousand yeah so like if you add two hundred thousand onto that you're talking you know like three quarters of a million you know like for a hand solo legit ensemble and you have but yeah it's someone uh there was obviously a fight for that considering you know the price of it yeah because i would not have thought it would have been over three hundred thousand dollars more than an original christopher reeves superman outfit Mm -hmm. yes from superman 3 but still a christopher reeves superman outfit at the end of the day and there are not many of them battling around either no not at all it would be uh it would be pretty rare but we'll use this to segue in chris to your little nugget of Star Wars news. And <sighs> we kind of tweeted back and forth about this on Twitter during the week. Um, it has something to do with a little piece of news that Collider... Sorry. news in inverted yeah, commas. Fake that, news. That uh, Collider tried to break and say, oh, look, we've got some exclusive stuff during the week. Yeah, basically it was this whole thing to do with, because of Han Solo not making the supposed money that it did, that all the future Star Wars story, you know, so spin-offs, so if we're getting an Obi-Wan Kenobi or Boba Fett one, that they were all being cancelled, that they weren't going to make them anymore, they were going to focus on the episode 9 and the Ryan Johnson's uh, trilogy and then the stuff that uh, John Favreau uh, was going to do for TV. But then it came out and then, you know, because these were sources close to people because Obi-Wan Kenobi movie was far on a development. Now they've scrapped it all. And then and then and then there was like, uh, well, it's kind of not happening now. Yeah, this was kind of disappointing for me uh, during the week because I follow Collider quite a bit and watch their YouTube stuff Mm -hmm. and all. And... To see them kind of dip their toe into this, let's see if we can get in the scoop game business, Yeah, kind of has let me down a wee bit. Uh, they have been changing quite a bit in the last number of months. They were under the Complex banner for quite a while, so a much bigger company, and have now kind of went independent. Okay. Like one of the original guys that helped set the channel up and the website and all. And they brought a member of staff on recently that is very much in the scoops game. Okay. So I thought this was the route things were going to go, and lo and behold, they did indeed pull the trigger fairly quickly on that one. The hands will trigger. Hey, boom. Um, he shot first. It's a pretty big thing to do your dip a toe into the water on when it comes to the scoop game. Yeah. To come, to come out and say, oh, by the way, no more because you know, solo spin-offs. That was a trending thing on Twitter. You know, it, was, it said, like, you know, it said, Lucasfilm has, you know, cancelled all um, Star Wars story things and you're like you click on it and it says collider have um have said you know blah, blah 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 and then like what culture they put a video up to say about it which i watched and it was one of the most cringiest videos i've ever seen very clickbaity title oh a lot of the what culture stuff nowadays ah, so, so bad. any any wee bit of news is up there nowadays. and then the next day they had to retract it and yeah. say that you know that it wasn't true but as I said on my Twitter, but unless Disney or Lucasfilm have come out and stated this is true, 
I won't believe this until I see it or in this case don't see the movie exactly because exactly. as long as Star Wars keeps making them money it doesn't matter if it's a box office smash or if they still you know get like a couple hundred million extra box office you're still going to have all the merchandise and all the you know everything else you know the blu-ray sales and things like that after it so there may be people like me who still haven't seen it but we'll buy it on blu-ray to see what it's like but yeah i as jr said but he worded differently i'm going to word it in the terminology we understand that internet and rumors is like cornflakes and milk they just go together yeah and that's the thing is that as soon as somebody starts a rumor then it's just one person gets it and then it just keeps snowballing and then then everyone has to backtrack and go like we were fed some misinformation right well check your sources and double check your sources and then go to the main person and go like here we've heard that this is meant to be happening is that true Mm. oh we can't confirm nor deny that but you know right okay you know instead of just coming out and going Making your making yourself look like a bit of an ass, but they have this. they have made themselves look very stupid. Now I'm sure um, the folks over at Clyder will maintain the story. Uh, from anything I've seen over the last number of days, there's been no backtracking or taking the story back or saying, "Okay, we got it wrong" or whatever. Um, a lot of stuff that Collider has done in the past has been fairly reliable. Mm-hmm. So for to see them just jump into this so head first, yeah is so not like them and it's almost like they've wanted to kind of have a bit of news around them yeah uh so it has but as you're saying you know there's no real need for star wars lucasfilm disney or whatever to even think about canceling any spin-offs or solo standalone movies or whatever because at the end of the day right episode seven rogue one Last Jedi, well-received or not well-received or whatever, have made Disney back their money they paid for Star Wars alone. Never mind merchandise, yep. never mind Blu-ray sales, mm-hmm. never mind whatever. So what, if Solo doesn't break even or just about breaks even, they're going to suddenly tuck tail and run? No, not going to happen. Yeah. Um, now, will Lucasfilm maybe reassess things? And think about how they go about things in the future, as in when they release them, how they market them. So how often they release them? Exactly how often they release them. So what we've been saying in terms of well, Solo was released just mere weeks after yeah. Avengers. Avengers had the contracts for Target, Walmart, all these things to have their displays on the mm-hmm. end of the aisles, all those things. So Solo couldn't get their marketing out there. So it's. A huge number of things besides the fact that probably the appetite for a solo movie mm-hmm. wasn't high on the list for people do you think that if they had brought out say at the same time so next the solo movie and that was the kenobi movie do you think that that would have done better business in that same time frame with all the same kind of stuff that solo had not going for it I think it would have done better. I do think it would have done better. How much better, though, is the million-dollar question. Um, <laughs> or the $500 million well, question. Well, <laughs> yeah. Do I think it would be in the position at the moment of, will it, won't it break even? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's a completely different kettle of fish because you've got the solo movie with Old Ironrig taking over the mantle of Han Solo from Harrison Ford compared to, oh, there's Ewan McGregor, who, yes, took over Obi-Wan Kenobi from Mm -hmm. Alec Guinness, but we saw him grow as Obi-Wan over three prequel movies. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, putting on a comfortable pair of jeans or something again if he was to come back. (laughs) Exactly. So everybody would have been like, oh, it's Obi-Wan, Ewan McGregor, right, let's go, sort of thing. But I still think you would have got a bit of backlash. I don't think there would have been anywhere near the amount of money as a main Star Wars movie. Yeah. But I do think the key mistake still boils down to the fact of 
the release window mm-hmm. and the market. And it almost way. seemed to be like the event, the Marvel Disney side of it weren't communicating with the Disney Star Wars side of it. Yeah. It almost seemed to be like, right, we're going to release our movie here. And then Solo should have said, okay, we'll release our movie in, say, September. We'll do it a bit differently. Maybe. Or even the original Christmas slot again. Yeah, we could do it at Christmas time. That's fine. But then... I understand. I kind of don't get how Disney could have done that and then thought, right, if we release those two big blockbusters within mere weeks, if you do it mere months, fair enough, but if you do it weeks aside from each other, because that is like you saying, right, okay, here's Marvel Infinity War, and two weeks later, here's Spider Man. Yeah. You know, and it'll be like, uh, okay. It's basically sacrificial lamb yeah. stuff. And that's the thing as well, is we're, it's all well and good us sitting here and saying, oh, well, they could have released it in December again. But they'd already snookered themselves in that regard because uh, Mary Poppins, yeah. the, the new Mary Poppins movie, took the Christmas date mm-hmm. that was normally Star Wars because they're already, right, no, that's going to be May, that's going to be May yeah. for Solo. But no, like I said, will Lucasfilm uh, maybe rethink things and just go, right, maybe don't release them so close to one another, maybe not release them so close to other big Disney movies, Maybe let's market this a bit better. Um, yep. <laughs> but do I see uh, the Obi-Wan movie and potentially the rumoured Boba Fett movie going away? Highly unlikely. There's probably too much money already invested, especially in the Obi-Wan yeah. movie. But I think the key thing we have to take away from this is we're. it's all well and good us here sitting, talking away and debating you know, what will Lucasfilm do mm-hmm. going forward? But I think it's the fact that a news item was made out of something that hadn't even been officially announced yet. Yeah. It was like movies that are cancelled that actually haven't been announced yet. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it comes back to maybe be a bit more careful before you put a piece of news out there that's I- so gonna blow the internet up yeah i think so you know um just research things first before you decide to make a giant leap into a sarlacc pit now maybe those guys were confident in what they said maybe they'd talked to someone that they believed and got a ton of stuff right in the past but when it comes to a juggernaut like star wars Mm -hmm. just be that little extra bit careful Alrighty, moving on then rant over (laughs) Um, I think we kind of had mentioned this potentially in back in our TMNT episode a few uh, episodes ago was would we see another Turtles movie down the line and it appears we are going to see another Turtles movie down the line everybody uh, Paramount is ready to say Kawabunga once again um, this is from Deadline I think the heroes in Half Shell are coming back for more pizza. Paramount is developing a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and has hired Andrew Dodge, the writer behind Jason Bateman comedy Bad Words, don't know it to be totally honest, nope. uh, to pen the script. Michael Bay, Andrew Form and Brad Fuller will produce the feature via their Platinum Dunes banner. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that Michael <laughs> Bay will have any fingertips over it. Um, but Paramount has of course made two Ninja Turtles movies based in the 1980s cult comic by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Uh, that spawned the pop culture phenomenon in the late 80s and the early 1990s. The first movie was released in 2014, grossed $493 million worldwide, while the 2016 instalment, subtitled Out of the Shadows, showed the limits of the franchise with $245 million. Neither was really considered a hit by critics. Excited? Not excited, Chris? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um... Now, this does, the talk of this, right is that there is some sort of new uh, executive or something like that. I'm not 100% sure. What's it there? Let me just check here. Arrival of new chairman, Jim... Let me get this right. Gianopolis. Gianopolis, probably. Gianopolis. Who has made it a priority to clean up the studio slate and refocus its franchises. Hence why, also, there was the... um, Transformers 7 was it going to be? 6 6 7 6, six would have been, been so, there's been so many of them join us in our next episode <laughs> for Transformers um, but that was taken off the slate okay recently what just before the whole Bumblebee trailer was put out there mm. um, 
so this boy obviously is coming in saying, right, we really need to kind of just get back to basics here. Yeah. But are you excited if if Bay doesn't have a hand in it and by the sounds of it that it will be again a reboot and maybe something a wee bit more kind of in line with what we like visually? As, as, we've t- <laughs> as we talked about in our Turtles episode, like to do with the um, 1990s movie, um, that the newer ones don't look like Turtles. You know, because Michael Bay's first concept of that was that he wanted it to be, they wanted them to be aliens, and it was going to be like alien turtles, and then they were like, you know, Teenage Mutant Alien Turtles, and then then he suddenly changed it to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, because of the backlash. Yeah, so I would like to see it, I would like to see it very much, even if it was like an animated one, because it doesn't say that's a live action one, so there's nothing to say that it can't be an animated one. Um, like the 2007 one but I want it to be something that harks back to the original Turtles that you you know that you want to see them like that I don't need to see them all like one of them having a crush on Megan Fox or anything like that (laughs) I don't need to see things like that I I like you know I like the second movie because you had Bebop Rock Steady and Crying so as long as you with franchises like this you need to stay true to what has been put behind you you know like so you need to know about you know dimension x and the technodrome and the foot soldiers and you know shredder and splinter and who they were in the past lives and you know the the rivalry there you need to have that rather than going okay here's the turtles we're going to do two new animals we're going to have vanilla ice dance uh kevin nash you could be super shredder um, anything else that we should do? Oh, the third one will make them go back in time to Japan. Uh, no. <laughs> so focus on, you know, you have all the comics that you can read and take things from them. Um, but yeah, use what the, the uh, lineage that has been put, you know, has been laid down. Use that. Don't go off in your own direction because fans won't gravitate to that. If you change stuff, that's like you changing, say, Optimus Prime, and instead of him being a truck, you've changed him into a ambulance. You know... Well, Michael Bay nearly did that. Yeah, well, we, <laughs> we will talk about one of the cars that he did change um, for one stupid reason. Uh, again, next episode. Um, but, yeah, anything with Michael Bay involved, I never really get excited for, unless it's Bad Boys. Because, you know, like, Bad for Boys... Life. Yeah, for life. Obviously, Bad Boy 3 coming out probably next year sometime um but yeah I, i'd be interested to see how this goes and what angle they do this at um but as mike said whenever he saw this news was like maybe we'll get something that represents turtles and i'm kind of on the same boat as right, i'm gonna ask you a question here the answer is no <laughs> probably not um have you seen the trailer for the miles morales into the spider-verse movie no Tell i haven't me. Go and have a look at it after today, and you'll see what I mean here. But it is a Spider-Man movie coming out, obviously, as I mentioned, involving Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. But it's obviously going to be, as well, some sort of multidimensional sort of thing as well. But it's cartoon. It's animated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the animation style is so interesting and very comic booky. Yeah. In that, like... During the trailer, like if he's running along the street or walking along the street, there'll be like the speech bubbles behind him and stuff like that for like the thoughts in his head and oh, stuff okay. like that. Um, but it also involves like an older Peter Parker. Uh, he's like mid thirties or yeah, something, is he? And uh, Spider Gwen and stuff like that as well. So it looks really cool and really interesting. If they give me a Turtles movie in that sort of animated style, I'd be all for it. It'd be really, really neat, really, yeah. really cool. Um, but yeah, I don't think I can add much more than what you're saying. <laughs> don't stray far from what has already been laid track-wise for yeah. you in the past. You don't want all your proceeds to go down the sewer. Hey! <laughs> you want it to go on pizza instead. <laughs> okay, moving on then, and into the gaming world, courtesy of Eurogamer.net. Now, I was telling you a little bit about this just before we came on air, and... Back at E3, probably it's fair to say for us and a lot of other people, uh, Last of Us 2 was fairly up there in terms of what impressed us mm-hmm. at E3. Uh, visuals were stunning, storyline looked interesting, 
the gameplay looked uh-huh. insane. Yeah. But there were some individuals at E3 2018 that didn't think Naughty Dog were being entirely legit. Well, either that or that Naughty Dog had a, an agenda to do with Ellie's story, as we yes. kind of talked about a little bit. But this comes down to the specs and stuff that was shown at E3. These here? Not those specs. Okay. Um, now, the tweet has since been deleted. Of course. But a certain high-level uh, individual involved in the latest Tomb Raider game that's coming out, uh, when someone tweeted about how well The Last of Us uh, footage of gameplay looked, kind of replied and said, you know, not to beat around the bush, that, yeah, that wasn't legit, that was fake. Mm-hmm. You know, pre-rendered or something like that. Which a lot of games in the early stages would be. Yeah. Uh, like uh, I think probably the best one to talk about would be Metro Exodus last year mm-hmm. looked beautiful but was clearly on rails pre-programmed whereas this year's was more gameplay yes actual yeah. legit gameplay but Naughty Dog kind of took this information to heart and at E3 came out and explained just why everything looked so lovely and smooth I think the key thing that really got folks you know their boxers in a twist (laughs) um was like the dodging mechanic Mm -hmm. and like the squeezing through spaces and all these little things and just how smooth they looked yeah that everybody's like that can't that that will not look like that in gameplay now don't get me wrong it mightn't Mm -hmm. but they were like comparing it to even what is now in games it's like light years ahead so from Eurogamer uh, so they said what is immediately apparent is that there's a fluidity to the animation quite unlike anything on the market to the point where some don't even believe the demo is authentic as I mentioned the Tomb Raider guys so moving on this is what Naughty Dog had to say it's this crazy science fiction stuff where you take just hundreds and hundreds of animations of like walking forward, turning or whatever, and you put them in this huge bucket. And then based on what the player is trying to do or what the non-playable character is trying to do, it pulls from that bucket sometimes two or three different animations and blends them together to make this totally seamless thing, co-game director Anthony Newman told IGN. The motion matching technique is used by other studios, but we've kind of taken it and put the Naughty Dog spin on it. So Naughty Dog spin on it is basically make it second to none. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you going to say make it sexy there? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because responsiveness is always a huge thing for us. Co-game director Kurt Marganau, I think I've got that right, added, uh, so we've taken it and kind of built on it and made this hybrid thing of responsiveness and quickness of something like an Uncharted game which is pre-existing and incorporating this very fluid, very realistic animation that still communicates those real stakes. So basically what they've done is, of course Naughty Dog always do a lot of motion capture and stuff for their games. Yeah. So they've basically went, and it sounds to me like they've got, maybe not hundreds of different people or whatever, but they've got a certain number of individuals to come in, get into mocap suits, walk in certain styles, do sharp turns, do bumps off walls, do falls, all these different things. And they've just captured each of these unique styles, mm-hmm. put them all into this, you know, they described it as a bucket. Probably be a wee bit more complicated than a bucket. But storage vessel that then when you're in any situation, if like probably the big part of it from the demo was like, just when Ellie encounters the enemies and like one person comes at her with a like a a knife or an axe and she dodges and like bounces off a car yeah sort of thing and how that how fluid that looked it's grabbed from these animations to create the most seamless mm-hmm. you know character animation that could be possible in that scene and I just find it crazy that that's where we're at Oh yeah, I mean, technology just moves on really, really quickly. Um, And that's the thing, is that sometimes you'll get people like, say, these guys at, you know, Square Enix, who maybe 
are jealous of the way that they've done this and maybe this is something that they've tried to uh, embed in the new Lara Croft game, The Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and maybe that's something that they've tried to do. Obviously, this is all, you know, like hypothetical. Um, that they've tried to do and it didn't work. And then Naughty Dog were like, well, you know, we need to try and make this the best kind of real realistic kind of game in the sense of that if this happens, if somebody comes at you with an axe you're going to do whatever it takes to get away you're not going to stand there and sidestep to the right you know you're going to try and you know jump drop back on the floor and push yourself across or you're going to try and squeeze through gaps that you normally wouldn't squeeze through or you're going to try and bounce off a car if it trying to makes that they hit them and then you turn around and whack them or whatever so i think it's maybe more of a the green-eyed monster thinking <laughs> how have you done this rather than Good job of doing that. Yeah. How have you done this? Because we tried that and it didn't work. You know, so um, fair play to Naughty Dog for being a... Um, leading light. Leading light, but being as, uh, well, you want to know? Here you go. Yeah. This is how we did it. Because there would be plenty of other companies out there that would be like, no, I'm not telling you. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, that's a secret. Whereas basically they've come out and showed their hand. And it basically means now, overall that gaming in the future, maybe not for the vast majority of games the rest of this generation, because most of them will probably be already in development. Mm. But maybe the odd one towards the tail end of this generation, but primarily the next generation of consoles are going to look even better because of this. Yeah. And it is always, Naughty Dog is always up there in pushing video games to the next level. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy still to think about that, that that is coming from the company that started with like Crash Bandicoot and all and other stuff before that is the leading light Mm -hmm. when it comes to video games now but I just thought that was really fascinating really interesting and it's just like yeah this is how we did it guys (laughs) so it wasn't all just puff and no blow sort of thing alrighty so we've had movies we've had movie props we've had games Shall we take a little dabble in the TV, Chris? Sure. What are we watching? Uh, CW. Okay. Arrowverse. A lot of CW Arrowverse news has come out in the last couple of weeks or so. Uh, primarily, first and foremost, um, the season premiere dates for this coming year. So, it's a wee bit up the left again this year. Okay. So it's in terms of I only, start times. I only and, know kind of maybe to do with Legends because Katie Lotts posted that on her Facebook. Yeah. That's the only one I've, I I've got them what. all here, but okay. it's very out of order. Now, of course, it was already announced at like the upfronts that days were changing and all again. Yeah. But, so it starts on the, uh, on October 9th, Tuesday, we get the season premiere of The Flash. Season premiere. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. Uh, the season premiere of The Flash between 8 and 9 p.m., followed by 9 to 10 p.m. Black Lightning. It's season premiere as well. Okay. So Flash is coming out the gate first. Hey. Um, but then we don't get another season premiere in the Arrowverse uh, till that coming Sunday. Which is Supergirl. Some, wow, so that's going to be the first time that it's on a weekend then? Because normally by rights it's always been like a Monday to a Friday. It's never been I'm a weekend. Trying to think, I think Supergirl, when it was, wasn't was with CW, uh-huh. originally started on like a Sunday, if I'm right. Can't remember 100%, but it might have. But in terms of CW, yeah, this is the first time mm-hmm. something has dabbled to a weekend. But yeah, it's not going to be to the end of that week that we get Supergirl's premiere. Uh, and then... That Monday, so nearly a week after Flash has been out, we get our first episode of Arrow. So Arrow's now going to be on Monday night. Okay. And it's between 8 and 9 p.m. But then we don't get Legends until the following Monday, October 22nd, 9 to 10 p.m. following Arrow's second episode. Isn't that meant to be like it's only going to be like half a season, like something like 13 or 14 episodes from what I remember reading? It's not going to be like a full 22 or 23. Legends has tended to be less episodes because mm-hmm. this season's were le- was less episodes, if I remember right, because yeah. they did that whole crazy split then, thing with then, Supergirl, yeah. mm-hmm. which I think hampered Supergirl no end. Oh, totally. Yeah. So did now 
again we'll maybe talk about these more in greater depth when we do like our season roundups for the last seasons for the for the Arrowverse. Um, but I really struggled with Supergirl this year. I still have the last four episodes of the, the season. The last to watch. episode of it was horrendous. It was oh, I don't doubt this. I do kind of want to talk about them because of how some shows have got better and some shows have stayed stagnant and some shows have got worse. Plenty of time, Chris. Yeah, we've got until October. We'll, we'll have our uh, we'll have our summer of CW uh, coming up in the not too distant future, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, there's not too much to talk about there. But it's just the kind of the peculiar setup and peculiar start times mm-hmm. for everything there. But that leads me on to a lot of I'm not going to say cast changes, uh, but cast updates. Okay. So we all knew for a good number of months now that Colton Haynes, Roy Harper from Arrow is coming back to be a season regular mm-hmm. this coming year. But there are quite a few other folks now that have been made uh, season regulars. Yeah. Which has my cogs turning in terms of who else will be stepping away. Okay. Um, and some of these shows because to make all these folks season regulars, mm-hmm. some other folks are probably going to have to well, I know, be bumped down. I know that... Keysden Longdale, whatever he's called, who plays um, Wally West. Yeah, he's taking it back. Away. He's stepping stepping away. So I know he's stepping away, and I think that I think that Franz. Um, yes, he's still Idle, not Idle coming. But then, obviously, with how Legends ended, that there's a lot of people going here, there, and everywhere. So again, you don't know who's coming back, and that's one thing that kind of grates me about that show. Uh, one I forgot to put in the list here, but that was because it was kind of news a reasonable while ago. It's um, the girl who played the agent in Legends of Tomorrow is also going to be a season regular. Okay. The, you, the girl yes. who was kind of Sarah. Sarah's yep. kind of girlfriend and all that. Um, but these were all announced fairly recently in the last week or so. Uh, Danielle Nicolette, uh, who plays Cecile Horton mm-hmm. in The Flash, she has now become a season regular. Which is kind of a given. She was in a huge number of episodes last year. At least it felt like that to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is probably the only logical choice considering also she has just had the latest addition to the West family uh, alongside Joe. So they're obviously going to be a key part going forward. One that I'm particularly happy with to see as a season regular uh, is Hartley Sawyer, who's Ralph. Mm-hmm. Is now going to be a season regular, so he isn't going anywhere. Now, this is an interesting one to me. This one in particular. This is probably the um, oddest one to me. Okay. To see become a regular on a show. Courtney Ford, Nora Dark on Legends of Tomorrow. Whether she's going to be the main villain again in the next one because she kind of was all smiling like and then she kind of turned bad and then turned back good again didn't she well she was they were trying to kind of well we'll talk about it more in depth when we actually talk about legends but yeah she kind of flip-flopped as a young girl being good to bad yeah yeah. to kind of being swayed again by ray Mm -hmm. you know and she kind of took a shine to ray um this will be interesting i'm sure uh brandon wright's quite happy because this is actually his real life wife yeah so they'll get to do a lot more stuff this coming year together. Uh, another obvious one, but uh, Jessica Parker Kennedy, uh, a.k.a. Spoilers for Flash, if you haven't watched this season yet, folks, about five seconds. Um, Nora Allen, Barry and Iris's daughter, mm-hmm. is going to be a season regular. Um, but then for Supergirl, Jesse Wraith, a.k.a. Brainiac 5. Okay. Is going to be a season regular for Supergirl next year. I've heard Monel is not going to be one. Monel and Wynn, mm-hmm. I think, aren't going to be season yeah. regulars next year. Um, I think Monel's completely gone. I don't know, considering I haven't watched the last few episodes, what sets yeah, up. But, but I know Wynn's going down to recurring, I think. Okay, because that's than, weird because regular. Chris Wood and Melissa are, again, yep. you know, going out in real life. But that's quite a few folks, I thought. Yeah. promoted to season regulars is there anybody there that stands out to you as what you like or if there's ones that puzzle you or well obviously now we're going to have Constantine as well as probably a season regular in Legends, Legends yeah, you know, which I'm and, happy about and that's fine but sort out the hair because you never know what colour it is I would probably say that Sarah, Par- Sarah Parker Kennedy 
or Jessica Parker, can I? I think Sarah Parker, because <laughs> of Sex and City. I think her, because obviously to do with how The Flash ended and her backstory and what's going to happen going forward, because whether that's something that, you know, the West Allens decide to try and do is... Um, I'll whisper that, just in case. But yeah, obviously, Hartley Sawyer, um, good to see him back, because he was one... Like Nardole and Doctor Who, I didn't like at the start, but towards the end, I really warmed up to. I thought that you know he had like a lot of character. I'm sure he will appreciate that comparison, Chris. Yeah, but <laughs> it, it is true. You know, like whenever Matt Lucas started in Doctor Who, you were probably like, "What is he doing here?" Same way with in this new season, how Bradley Walsh is going to fare as a companion. I don't know, but yeah, um, the only one that kind of puzzles me is Colton Haynes because I don't think that Willa Holland is going to be back in it no. at all. So whether Roy and uh, Thea are going to break up or whether he goes back to try and help with Oliver and his situation, let's just say. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's nobody there that'll go like, oh, the Jesse Rath as Brainac one, I'm a bit puzzled with um, because again, his character wasn't anything really special um, for me. But the other ones there, I'm I'm happy enough with, to be honest with you awesome but yeah no i'm up for them but i think like i was saying is who else could take a back seat now obviously colton haynes is coming into arrow could that mean that we could see any of the kind of other guys drop down so like uh mr terrific or i think you're going to see wild dog step back a bit because of him and his daughter mr terrific could do because of him and then his relationship with the, that police guy yes. that got shot. Um, I think that Dinah will still be a big part of it um, because of her working as a police um, thing. But then obviously you did have one person, I don't want to say who, but you know, from the end of the season finale, yes. you know, like you have that person who has kind of gone away. So that's kind of maybe where Dinah slots in. Uh, for me anyway um, with the likes of Supergirl Supergirl seems to be out of all of them the smallest kind of cast because yeah. you would go Supergirl you go um, her sister John Jones John Jones uh, when and then it'll push Monel. so you would only have like five yeah. at that now fair enough you've got you had her can't say because you haven't seen it can't, I can't say because you haven't seen it um, but yeah you would have other people you know you don't have such a big cast, uh, cast as you do with say you know Barry Iris Ralph Flash would be the biggest cast um, Joe uh, friggin um, oh, Caitlin Cisco and what's uh, Harrison Wells so we, you've nearly not got 10 people there Flash is the biggest closely followed by Arrow yeah so and even as legends, as like a set group, yeah. still have less than Arrow or Flash yeah. would. And exactly. that's, that's saying something. But yeah, I'm pretty excited for the upcoming seasons of these shows. Flash is probably the one I'm most excited about. I think Arrow would be the one I'm most excited about. Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. We can talk about these more in the future, folks. Um, because we could probably sit here and talk about this all day, but it would just involve too much talking about the actual shows from this season Mm -hmm. so we shall leave it at that so we will so that is everything for today's retroshock news thank you all very much for listening everybody if you want to get in touch with us you can get in touch on facebook and on twitter just uh, look Operation Retroshock on Facebook at Retroshock Pod on Twitter. Our DMs are open. Feel free to drop any news articles in the future that you'd like to hear us discuss when we say there's going to be a Retroshock news episode coming out. Uh, any topics for our main Retroshock shows that you'd like to see covered, be they movies, TV shows, whatever from the uh, near past, distant past, whatever past. Um, but yes, at Retroshock Pod. I'm at Alan GW Price. He's at Vinto316. And Chris, before we depart, mm-hmm. would you care to tell the people where we kind of dropped the hints throughout uh, as to what next week's episode is going to be about? Uh, before I do that... Um, I, <laughs> he's, he's, he's gone off script. <laughs> Remember we were talking about last time we talked about the uh, LSCC announcements and there was going to be some royalty from yes. the 80s and 90s. 
So uh, we were. Who did you think it would have going to be? Well, you you'd mentioned stuff like oh, it could be the Hoff and things like that. Um, Rowan Atkinson was my yes. You mentioned Rowan Atkinson. Uh, it was Miranda Richardson who was in Harry Potter and Blackadder. So to say that was a bit of a disappointment. Oh dear. Yeah. Uh, well, and then the next one after that was. Uh, Adrienne Barbeau, who was in The Fog and Cannibal Run. And again, nobody I particularly know nor Lovely. wanted to meet. Uh, the only other one that was announced that I was kind of uh, excited for was Rose MacGyver, who was oh, in Eye Zombie, which I have only just started watching and have worked up my way up to season two, episode about five or six. Right. So, Any good? Yes, so I'm meeting her because of that. So, uh, yeah. Um, it's one of the few CW shows that's it's kind of like a... It's not an Arrowverse show, but it's kind of considered that bubble of kind of interestingly mystical sort of... The best way I can describe it is, think Murder, She Wrote, but with zombie brains is probably the best way that I can surmise this. Sold. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yes, our next episode is to do with the... Let's see if I can get this right. 2000 2001? Mm -hmm. Sounds early to me, boy. God, I can't even remember. 2000... uh, Well... Anyway, from the early 2000s... Don't overdo it, Chris. It's the, uh, it's the Michael Bay Transformers live-action movie with Megan Fox... Megan Fox. Megan Fox. And Shia LaBeouf. Um, so we're going to be talking about that. Um, and I've got questions for Alan um, to see what he thinks of certain things. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about that. Uh, this will probably be the only Transformers movie uh, we will talk about. Um as you will find out why. At least with the Bay radiation. Yeah, at least you can find out why in the next episode. But yes, that's what we're going to be talking about and uh, transforming our topics over to that. See you all next week, folks. Say bye-bye, Chris. Bye-bye, Chris. Bye-bye, Chris.